Welcome to the Highway Church Podcast. We're excited that you would join us today and hope you're encouraged by the message you hear. If you'd like to know more, visit our website, highway.com.au. My name's Caleb, I'm part of the team here at Highway, and that's really good that you join us for our 5pm service. Who's been enjoying our 5pm services lately? I've been enjoying the fact that I haven't had to go home and make dinner, or Kim, how good's that? Free Barbie, it's got me coming back. Hey, um, I was reading this week in 1 Corinthians, like Mel, actually, Mel shared from 1 Corinthians as well, but um, I'd like to read from 1 Corinthians chapter 3, and as I was reading this this week, it, it just was one of those, I don't know, those times where it feels like it hits you, have you experienced that, when it just sort of felt like it was, I don't know, it was like, ouch, you know, one of those moments, and then I'm like, okay, God, first of all, I know this is for me because I, I'm feeling it, but is it, for church, is it for our church, God, or is it just for me? And that was sort of my prayer the rest of the week. And anyway, I feel to share this with you. So 1 Corinthians chapter 3, I'm going to read from verse 1. Like uh, Mal already said brilliantly before around communion, this is Paul. He's writing to the church in Corinth. He says this in chapter 3, Dear brothers and sisters, when I was with you, I couldn't talk to you as I would to spiritual people. Ouch. Who thinks that hurts? Like, can you just imagine this for a moment? Hey, Highway Church, um, imagine I'm Paul. Hey, I love being with you, but I couldn't speak to you straight. I couldn't speak to you as spiritual people. I had to talk to you as though you belonged to this world or as though you were infants in Christ. I couldn't talk to you as the church because I felt like you were just of this world and I couldn't talk to you as mature because you're like babies in your faith. Brutal, hey? He goes, I had to feed you with milk. Not with solid food. How crazy is that? I was talking to um, Shane Bellamy this morning. He was pumped because Noah is having solids at five months, not six months. And he's a proud dad. He's walking around the front. I'm like, good on you, Noah. You eat those solids at five months and not six months. But it's so funny that, like, as Christians, our job is to become mature. And for some reason, we just get stuck. He says, I had to feed you with milk, not solid food, because you weren't ready for anything stronger. And you still aren't ready, ouch again, for you are still controlled by your sinful nature. You are jealous of one another and quarrel with each other. Doesn't that prove that you are controlled by your sinful nature? Aren't you living like people of the world, question mark? Bit of a harsh rebuke from old Paul, would you agree? He goes on to say a little bit further down, I'll read verse 9, he says this, um, For we are both God's workers, and you are God's field. You are God's building. Because of God's grace to me, I have laid the foundation like an expert builder. Now others are building on it. But whoever is building on this foundation must be very careful, for no one can lay any foundation other than the one we already have, Jesus Christ. Let me read a little bit further in verse 16. It says, don't you realize that all of you together are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God lives in you? God will destroy anyone who destroys this temple. For God's temple is holy and you are that temple. Stop deceiving yourselves. If you think you are wise by this world standard, you need to become a fool to truly be wise. I'll stop there. What do we think? 
bit harsh, isn't it, Paul? It's very harsh. But I guess as I was reading this, I was thinking of where our church is at, and we've come through this season where we've been speaking from the book of Haggai, and it's all been about rebuilding the church. We walk into the foyer, and it's awaken the pioneer spirit. We're rebuilding the temple, and then this whole sort of message from Haggai takes this thing where the temple in Haggai's day is now the church in our day, but then we have this revelation that we are the church. So to build the temple, it's not building attendance. It's not building the number of chairs we require, but it's building me. It's building you. Our spiritual maturity is building the church. If we build ourselves, church, the church will flourish. If we grow into maturity, that's what builds the church. It's not about attendance. It's about the attendee. It's about you. It's about me. You are God's building, it says in verse 9. You are the temple, in verse 16. Do you know what I know very well? Infants can't build. Seriously, honey's too, my daughter's too. She's just learning how to put Duplo blocks on top of each other, and it's like, this is so easy. Come on, this goes here, this goes there. You need to build the base wider so it can go up taller. You know, don't you know anything about engineering, honey? It's like they have to learn. They're not good builders, infants are. Because they have to learn how to build. God's house isn't a pillow fort. Have you ever built one of those? We can't all be soft. But there has to be this moment in our spiritual maturity where we go, no, 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 you know what? God, I'm willing to grow. I'm willing to do the hard work to increase my faith and increase my discipleship for you, God. When I read the Bible, I see people that wanted to follow Jesus that stopped because it got too hard. I see people that, oh, no, no, God, can I do that? Can I be one of your ones? Yeah, yeah, no. You're not willing to pay the price to follow me. I pray that if we are serious about building God's church, that we'd be willing to pay the price to follow him on this discipleship journey. Our role is to grow into spiritual maturity and build the church. As we build our lives, we build the church. It's the same thing. Spiritual maturity comes to a point where we bear weight. I hope that we can be believers that carry weight in this place. I'm a young dad, so this whole infants thing is really interesting because it's a lot of my lifestyle at the moment. We've still got nappies in our home, you know, like still answering a billion questions. Can I get an amen? I'm still tired, even though they're sleeping through the night. I don't know what's going on, man. Kim's like, should we have more kids? No, we shouldn't. <laughs> my mum's here, and my mum and dad are like, give us more grandkids. It's like, you know, I'm like, no. They're like, we'll pay, we'll pay, whatever it costs, we'll pay the extra. I'm like, no. <laughs> Can't buy grandkids. But one thing I notice about kids is that they want to grow up. They want to grow up. Like, like, we're we're trying to toilet train honey at the moment, and she's like, big girls wear knickers, and I'm a big girl, so why am I wearing nappies, Dad? And she's upset about herself because she wants to be further along than she is right now. I think this needs to come back to the church that we are his children, and we want to grow up. We want to grow into spiritual maturity. Kids want to grow up. 
Jethro loves hanging out. He's seven. He loves hanging out with the youth before and after the service. He wants to play basketball with them. He loves it because he wants to grow up. He has this desire to be older than he is. You see, only rebellious teenagers refuse to grow up. Would you agree? They refuse to shirk responsibility. They don't want to grow up. And I feel like a lot of us in Christendom, we never make it through adolescence. It's like we're never willing to hold the weight or to grow up or to make the tough decisions or to take the responsibility on so that we never grow beyond adolescence or our teenage years in our faith. Can I encourage us? Let's grow through it. The strength of our church is measured by us, our spiritual maturity. I don't want to be like the church in Corinth where Paul goes, hey, I couldn't give it to you straight because you were just kids. You were infant. You only saw a glimpse of God and the plan that he had for you. You didn't see it all and you didn't grow in it all because you weren't willing to grow up. I've titled this message, Grow Up, and I've got five things that I think we can do to grow up in our faith. Please, this doesn't come from a place where I think that I know it all, not for a second. I hope we have that relationship and you know me well enough. That's not my heart at all. I'm growing too, and I think we could all grow together and we could see more of God at work within our lives and within our church if we would grow up. The first thing about infants I've noticed is that we need to create a safe environment. Have you ever been to a new parent's place? We never really got into this, I think because we were too tight, but have you been to like some, some family's place and they're just about to have kids and everything's child-proofed? Have you been there? We're just too tight to spend the money, I think, but some people, they get right into it. It's like every PowerPoint has one of those little things in it. It's like, that's just frustrating. Like, I can't plug anything in because there's a... Th- and my fingers don't... Like, I don't have fingernails to get them out. It's just annoying. You go to the house, you try to open a drawer, and it, it won't open, you know? And it's like, man, I just want to... Do you know what I'm talking about? You see, they get so busy, and they've so much time and resource into building a safe environment for their young one. I wonder if us, as Highway Church... Are we willing to build a safe environment for those to grow up in? For those to mature? You see, infants, they have no concept of danger. They don't know what's danger. And you know, like the classic, that hot, don't touch, don't do this, don't do that. It's like they have no concept of danger, but in church, do we create a safe environment to help infants in the faith? So this is why sometimes we have rules. Because it's a good thing to create a safe atmosphere for infants and people that are immature in their faith to grow up. A great example of this is the alcohol thing. We don't have alcohol at any highway event or gathering ever because we create a safe space for people that are immature in their faith to grow up and become stronger. This is like, when we explain it like that, it makes sense because I know that we have recovered alcoholics and recovering alcoholics in our church and I want to create a safe space for them to grow up. Part of creating a safe space and a safe environment is a place of love and grace. Is it okay to fail here? Man, I hope it is. Is it okay to fall? I hope it is. The better question is, did we do any learning? Did we do any learning? Like, cool, we stuffed up. Cool, we failed. Okay, what did we learn from this? See, we need to be a place of love and grace. Like I said, sometimes it's easier, I've noticed, to have grace for others, even ones that are once removed, than it is to have it for yourself or those that are closest to you. Have you noticed that? Can I encourage us? 
I know it's okay for others to fail, but it's okay for you to fail. It's okay for me to fail. However, we have a safe space of love and grace that draws us to learn and to move on and to grow beyond it. This is the beauty of grace. You know, it's like it's an enabling grace. There's like this unmerited favor. There's this forgiveness. There's all this side of grace. But then there's this empowerment of grace. It's like all of a sudden I've received this forgiveness. I've received your grace, God. You know what? I'm going to learn and I'm going to do it differently this time because you're behind me and your grace is pushing me forward. Let's be a church that creates a safe environment for those that are immature in their faith. Let me encourage us. For those that don't have a moral compass, let's be a moral compass. I love what Proverbs says, better the wounds of a friend than the kisses of an enemy. Let's be people that would love them enough to create a safe space for people to grow and flourish in God. Number two, it ties in very closely to what I was already saying, but number two is set boundaries. You see, when we mature, we understand the purpose of boundaries. But when we're young, they just kind of feel like rules. In a post-Christian culture that we're living in today, this is more needed than ever before. I can't rely on popular opinion or the ideas I see on social media or in the media or on my world to determine the boundaries that I'm going to live by. Because I live for a different standard. I'm living for a different king. No offense. It's a different season that I'm living in. I love what John uh, Mark Comer, a preacher I listen to a lot, read a lot of his stuff, but he has these rules for life. And he sort of says, for me and my family, we're doing this. Or for me and my staff when he was leading a church, we're doing this. And, it, and they set up these rules for life. And it wasn't a controlling, but it was an enabling thing that they almost set the parameters so that they could achieve more and go further and develop stronger in their faith. Kids flourish with healthy boundaries. They do. Jethro, our son Jethro is a really like polite, kind kid. And um, so when there's a new person at school, he gets put with him, you know, those kids. Kim, my wife's a teacher, so she's like, yeah, I'd put him with Jethro too, you know. Um, but the funny thing is, it's like, sometimes it's like, what's going on, mate? Like, oh, and then all of a sudden I know that he's acting out these behaviors from this new kid that he got paired with because he was a good kid. But now the good kid is getting influenced by the new kid who's making choices that we wouldn't endorse. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like, no, no, mate, we don't do that. We're setting boundaries here, and I'm okay to be a little bit hard because I love you enough to tell you the truth. Stop hanging with that kid, Jethro. I know this sounds harsh, but some of us, man, we need to just re-choose our friends. I know this is such a youth message sometimes, and this might be elementary, but... Man, who are we hanging out with? Who are the biggest influencers in our life? Because in a culture where it's so cool to be an influencer, man, I want to be careful at the people that I let influence my life. Do you? It's like, man, I love YouTube. I love influencers. I love some of these things because they're fun and they're an outlet. But when they start changing my worldview, I need to stop and go, hey, wait a minute. Is this something I want to align my life to or not? Romans 12, 2, he puts it brilliantly. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Let's be people that set boundaries. 
Have you ever planted a garden? One of the first things you do is, like, you set boundaries because, I don't know, but the whole earth cannot be your garden. Have you noticed? It's kind of a big job. Adam can do it. No, that's, that's a Bible joke. But, like, you set a boundary. Okay, this is a garden. I'm going to put, turn the soil here. I'm going to get rid of the rocks. I'm going to add whatever needs to be to the soil to get the pH right, to grow what I want to grow because this is my garden and these are the boundaries that I'm going to live by. And what things flourish, don't they? Because you give them everything they need in that space to grow. I believe that God sets boundaries around our lives. And as we grow in maturity in our faith, we enforce these boundaries so that we can grow into all that he has for us. What's your weakness? What do we lack? What are our blind spots? These things we can address and help with boundaries so that we can grow into spiritual maturity. Gardeners would do like a pH test on the soil. Oh, okay, maybe that's the reason why I'm not flourishing here. Maybe I need to add a bit of this or a little bit out of that. Or, do you know what I'm talking about? We need to do this. We need to be smart enough to do this with our faith. Hey, you know what? This area of my spiritual life or my life is not progressing. God, what do I need to be doing here? God, show me the boundaries that I can put in place. God, show me in your word the scriptures that I can live by. God, give me something to stand on that will encourage my faith so that I can grow through this. Number three, create godly habits. I think in an age where we're all scared of being religious, we've lost something. I really think we have, like, like, I remember growing up as a young person in youth ministry, and I really wanted to, like, live for God. And I remember, like, reading my Bible every day, and I remember I would beat myself up if I missed reading my Bible one day. I'd get disappointed about, <laughs> I don't know, has anyone been there? It's like a weird thing. It's like, oh, no, I'm going to catch up. I'm going to catch up. I'll read two tomorrow. I'll do this. I'll do that. And then it's like you beat yourself up because you're behind, and you're behind, and you're behind, and you're behind. And although that had a bad side, because I felt not good enough because I didn't read my Bible every day. The flip side of that, oh no, I'm not religious. Well, are you reading your Bible at all? Like, I've noticed that, it, it, you know, we, we struggle to be in the middle. We're either like one or the other. We're either religious or we're like, we swing the pendulum way too far the other way. I really hope that we could be people that would mature in our faith and one of the easiest and best ways that we can mature in our faith is to create godly habits. Let this not be the only time that you open your Bible. Let this not be the only time that you position yourself to pray or to worship. Let this not be the only time that you set aside, hey God, you can have an hour on a Sunday and they better not go over time because I want that sausage on bread and I gave my tithe so they better have it ready for me. Let's be people that create godly habits. Let's be quick to forgive I. I had a funny call yesterday. I told some people this in my story already, but I got a new neighbor. He moved in, I don't know, yesterday or the day before. I'm not sure where they stayed there the night, but he's in between. They're moving in. He ran over my new, brand new garden bed and my brand new lawn. Everyone go, oh. But he's done his research on me and he knows I'm a pastor. So he calls me yesterday and he says, because the lady at the sales office told him that, and then he did an inquiry on our church online, and then Chloe got back to him and he's like, oh no, that was an accident, I didn't mean to click that button. It's like, you're busted, mate. Like, so busted. 
And anyway, so Runzo breaks my new garden bed because it's like those pavers that you concrete in, you know what I mean? Broke the thing, and I'm like, and I wasn't at home, and he calls me, and I'm like, oh, but, you know, I did this, I'll give you whatever you want, I'll pay for it. He's like, this is really nice. Like, he's like, I'll pay for whatever, but the good thing is, I know you have to forgive me because you're a pastor. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> what? Like, <laughs> thanks. But you know what? I'm not offended by that. Because that's a pretty good godly habit to have. But you know what? Yeah, sometimes trust is a journey. But like Mel said around communion tonight, no, 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 we forgive. Our godly habits is that we choose to forgive. We choose to extend grace. We choose to be kind. I choose to read my Bible. I choose to seek God in prayer. I choose to live by faith and not by facts all the time. These are godly habits that we've lost sometimes because we're scared of being religious. Can I encourage us? I don't care whether people call us religious or not. What I care is about my spiritual maturity and growing in my faith and seeing our world change because of that. When we all do this together, man, we're going to see change. Number four, guard your heart. So number one, Create a safe environment. Number two, set boundaries. Number three, create godly habits. Number four, guard your heart. Well-known scripture, Proverbs 4.23, guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Let's be people that guard our heart. Let's be people that protect our conscience. Listen for the ah ah-ah of the Spirit. Seriously, if we would just do this as Christians... Man, our lives would be 10 times better. But I know what it's like. I know sometimes it gets seared. I know that. I know what it's like when the Holy Spirit says, oh, no, slats, don't do that, or you shouldn't be doing this, or don't go there, or don't do that. But, oh, no, that's not, that's not God. I'm cool, man. I'm not religious. I don't need to worry about that. I'm... No, that's not a thing anymore, God. This is 2022. For some reason, God doesn't seem to care what year it is. Have you noticed? But there's that conviction and that impression of the Holy Spirit that says, no, 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 this isn't healthy for you right now in this situation. Can I encourage us? Let's guard in that. Let's protect the Holy Spirit's guidance in our life. Let's have strong consciences. Honey, my daughter, she's, like I said, too, she's got this thing at the moment where she wants to steal something from kindy every time she leaves. (laughs) Like, that's true, hey, babes, like... It's like this little like rubber dinosaur. Dad, I'm taking this home. No, you can't take that because it's not yours. Like you, you can't do that. I've got honestly, I've got a little dinosaur in my car. I've got a flower in my car. Dan can test this, can't you? She's just like five finger discounts everything from kindy. <laughs> On the good side is I guess school fees to cover that, but whatever. It's like no, you, you can't do that, honey. We don't take things that aren't. Ours. When did we lose that? Because I grew up getting the same thing, but then, man, I know what it's like. Oh, I'll just take this home from work, or I'll just take that, or I'll just do this, or I'll do what I want, and all of a sudden our conscience is seared, and we don't feel like it's wrong anymore. We see this in relationships all the time. People don't make a decision that, hey, you know what, I'm going to be unfaithful today. No, it's a little compromise, it's a little look here, it's a little moment there, and then all of a sudden, it doesn't end well. 
can I encourage us? Let's let the Holy Spirit speak to us and lead and guide our decisions and our thoughts. Let's guard our heart and say, no, no, God, I want what you want. God, be my God. Be my rule book. Be my measuring stick, God. You determine the best path for me. Let's be people that would guard our heart and steward our conscience. Number five, fuel the growth. Life's a journey. Like I said, it's okay to fail. It's okay to fall. It's a journey, but our job is to grow through what life throws our way. I can't change the world all at once, but what I can do is I can choose to grow. How do we grow? We fertilize and water. <laughs> That's it. We fertilize and water. Sometimes it's like, do you know what makes really good fertilizer? Poo. Have you noticed? It does. Brilliant. Sometimes it's those crappy situations that we choose to grow through that build our faith in our life in Christ. Sometimes it's those situations that it's like, I don't understand that, God. I didn't, this wasn't supposed to happen to me. God, I thought that, and it's those moments where it's like when we choose to grow through those tough situations, when we choose to grow through our brokenness and our hardship, that is like the fertilizer for our spiritual person, and we grow stronger and stronger in our faith. Can we have an attitude of growth? So you know what? God, I believe you don't lead me to things that I can't get through because I know that you're with me and you're beside me. God, I know that you're a lamp to my feet and a light into my path. I know that you're going to show me the next step, but also I know that my future is good in you, God. Let's be people that fuel our growth. Let's be watered by his Holy Spirit. Remember Jesus meets the woman at the well and he's like, hey, if you knew the water that I was talking about, you wouldn't be thirsty anymore. Let's seek his presence. Let's fill up on his water. Let's allow life to be fertilizer, not to take us out of the race. Man, I feel like challenges in life, they either cancel Christians or they grow Christians. Let's be people that allow challenges to grow us and not to cancel us. Let's be watered by the Holy Spirit. Let's flourish because we are the church. You see, infants can't feed themselves. But mature Christians, they feed themselves and others. I don't have the luxury to go home. Kim and I don't have the luxury to go home and go, nah, kids, we're not feeding you tonight. Why? Because I'm a parent and I'm mature in my faith. Mature Christians know how to feed themselves and we have an obligation to feed others. Infants, they can't read, man. Mature Christians know how to study and they know the Word of God. They know how to teach others. Infants make mess. Mature Christians clean mess. They go, hey, you know what? You've never lost your value to me or to God. Let's continue to build moving forward. Infants cry and complain. Have you noticed? Maybe you haven't. Maybe it's just me. Mature Christians have language to articulate their needs. And we, have the, we possess the capacity to find solutions to situations and circumstances that we find ourselves in. Infants are controlled by their sinful nature, but mature believers discipline the self and aren't live, we don't live according to our flesh, but we live according to our spirit. Mature Christians are dependable, they're present, 
mature Christians reproduce. Infants don't reproduce. Mature Christians reproduce. Infants consume. Mature Christians provide. Can I pray over us? God, right now in this moment, can I just pray, Lord, something that I spoke about, God would encourage us to live a life for you afresh. God, please take us on a journey of becoming more mature and more depth through our spiritual walk in you. Holy Spirit, we just give you authority to guard in our life, to water the areas that need it and to rip out anything that's not of you, God. We give you the authority to be our conscience and to be our God. God, we ask for your discipline, even though it's hard because our flesh hates it, but our spirit loves it. God, show us a way to flourish and become more and more like you. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. Now, why don't you come take service? Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. If you'd like to get in contact with us or find out more about Highway Church, go to highway.com.au.